global but proudly local, Paramount ANZ is taking brands into tomorrow. From a mountain of content to innovative advertising solutions, Paramount ANZ connects brands with future generations who are tomorrow's customers. See tomorrow. The Unmakers. I'm Tim Burrows from Unmade. Welcome to The Unmakers, a series in which I talk to people who are trying to remake the media and marketing world. Each episode, I talk to people who are doing business differently. We're going to meet the startups, the troublemakers and the dreamers who've looked at the communications industry and are trying to find a better way. If you're an unmaker with a story to tell about how you're changing the media and marketing world, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at tim at unmade.media. Before you remake it, you've got to unmake it. In today's edition of The Unmakers, I chat to Alex Pan, the inventor of new industry publishing platform, StoryPress. One of the interesting things about The Unmakers is talking to people whose products are still young and developing. And in Alex's case, he's still young. You'll hear him talk about how he only began to engage with advertising in 2015. That will feel like a very recent part of many unmade listeners' careers. Uh, A few definitions for those not of this publishing world. SaaS stands for software as a service, which generally means paying a monthly fee for the product. CDN is content delivery network. In my view, Alex is trying to solve a genuine problem for publishers that hasn't yet been fully solved elsewhere by the likes of email platform Substack or web platform WordPress. That makes StoryPress pretty interesting prospect. I began by asking Alex about what sort of publisher he's trying to help. Yes, Tim. So basically, I built StoryPress for my own needs as and I created a media startup, right? So it really was at the very genesis creating a product for myself in terms of what's out there. In terms of the customers that we really look after, we're talking about people who are just a bit too big for Substack and really want to start exploring, expanding past the Substack platform and really start creating their own brand. Well, that's a good place to start, actually, because, you know, let's think about those sort of publisher options where you've got uh, many publishers are on the kind of free publishing option of WordPress as the sort of, you know, the website side of things. You talked about Substack, which is obviously what Unmade happens to sit on, which is, which is an, an email service. So you're, you're, you're thinking more about a publisher coming away from Substack to a wider publishing model, or are you thinking about people also coming across from WordPress as well? So really on both sides, right? So for Substack, the value proposition for those kinds of customers would be people who want to expand past what Substack can really offer them and maybe look into multimedia publishing, things like podcasting, itself what you're doing, and maybe even video, displaying that in a more interactive kind of way. And of course, there's the brand piece. Substack, you're very, very limited in terms of the brand and visual layout of what you can present. Now, in terms of the WordPress side of things, what we're solving with the WordPress side is the real complexity associated with setting up and spinning up 
WordPress correctly. And this is what we've been seeing with a bunch of different customers who come across from WordPress over to us, that they're very, very afraid of installing some plugin, which eventually breaks the entire site. With StoryPress, effectively, we come with really sane defaults, and you never have to worry about that. It just comes out of the box with everything a publisher really needs. And one of the things which I suppose interests me is, you know, I, I think about my own experience a dozen years or so ago of launching Mumbrella on WordPress. And really it was, back then it was a glorified blog. In fact, not even very glorified to begin with. Um, and it, it, I absolutely recognize what you say is you sort of build out templates. You you start sort of almost jury rigging and going beyond what, what, what what's there on the box. Um, now we got there thanks to, the help of good developers. Um, one of the things that you talk about is the sort of the, which, which which again has become you know far more trendy, I suppose. That no code idea that you 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 can do things without needing any coding skills at all. Yeah. So what we're saying is that the de- the demand for people creating their own media brands hasn't changed. From the beginning of time, people have wanted to write something on a piece of paper and make everyone else. Um, read what they're writing, right? Um, It's just that with earnings being compressed by uh, these new media upstarts and costs off digital becoming even more expensive, um, we're seeing the limitation on the supply side of things. So currently there's a heap of demand of people wanting to create new brands and mastheads, but it's currently too expensive or they're not earning enough money from it. Well, we try to solve both of those pain points for them. And um, I suppose one of the things I find myself thinking about um, with um, your offer is absolutely it's helping on the publishing side. It helps people um, send out email and manage the email side of it. Um, Now, for a lot of publishers, they want some sort of ad-serving solution as well. How do you think about that? So we're integrating a bunch of ad servers as we go along, but currently we already integrate with AdSense, which of course isn't a fully fledged um, programmatic solution, but it's a great testing bed for what could be possible in terms of ad integration on StoryPress. Um, We also have some very interesting ideas surrounding advertorial and native, but again, that's going to take a little bit of scale before we get and really start to act on that vision. Let's come back to your philosophy around um, native um, and and the content marketing world because that that I think will be something interesting to talk about. Um, before we do, tell me a little bit about your team, the, the team of people behind StoryPress. Yeah, definitely. So it's me, and I'm one of the co-founders, and I'm in charge of design and raising money. Um, basically, all the design you see in StoryPress, it's all done by one designer, and that being yours truly. And then we have two other co-founders, Kevin and David, and they're over in Taiwan. And they're both the CTO. One's the CTO for the back end, CTO for the front end. And then we have a growth lead over in Canada. So you can tell we're a very Gen Z company. We're literally distributed from day one. People in all different time zones, all working asynchronously. Now, aside from us four, we've got another six developers based in Taiwan. And basically, they built StoryPress from scratch. So this is, and uh, for the non-technical, this is um, content management system for um, CMS. Um, now you yourself have come quite an interesting career route. Um, how how did you get to here? 
<laughs> yeah. So basically, um, I was working at IBM IX as a digital strategist and a user experience consultant. And at the time, I had also created a student publication, but we should probably rewind, right, to a bit further back. So basically, I was in year 11 and I had the opportunity to go into university without graduating from high school. And that opportunity presented itself via Macquarie University's Mature Aid Student Program. And basically what that program was, was that if you're a Mature Aid student, you could take the SATs and Macquarie would give you a um, an ATAR and they let you in. Now, at the time, I think I was like 16 or 17, but I thought I'd try and give it a gander anyway. So I took the SATs, Macquarie let me in and I studied media my very first year of university and this, and basically uh, for my year 12, I studied a Bachelor of Media and I really loved it. Now, during that period, I, I realized there was one big problem in what I was studying and that was people in media didn't earn any money. And at the time, I really wanted to earn money. So I did what any other kid with good grades did and I transferred into media and law at UNSW. As it turned out, I really, really hated law and as you know, whenever you always do something that you hate, you always gravitate back to what you love. And what I loved was the media. So I started a student publication whilst I was working at IBM IX. And two things kind of came together. At IBM, I was learning so much about user experience and had to craft great user experience with these big hulking banks, which had like really, really old uh, technological systems. And at the same time, I was also starting off my own student publication at university, which by the way, was also using WordPress, a very also very old, archaic um, piece of technology. And this was a publication called Polity. Yes, yes. And these two things kind of melded together. And I realized that I could bring what I'd learned at my job at IBM and bring that over into a new venture called StoryPress. And I, uh, I must admit, you, it breaks my heart a little to, to hear you talking about WordPress as so archaic because it, you know, it. it I, I guess it's offered so many uh, such good service over the years. Um, are you, are you, are you, are you, could it potentially be fit for service once again, or has its moment gone? Do you think? You know, where 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 is it, and what what is the real problem with WordPress? Is it just the fact that you need some coding skills? Yeah, so it's not just uh, coding skills. And first of all, I think WordPress is here to stay for the next 100 years, right? There's no way WordPress is going away. However, what can be done is that, um, first of all, um, the option to play with code shouldn't be exposed to those who don't know how to code. And secondly, um, the user experience of interacting with features that require how to code should be fundamentally different to the user experience presented to those who don't know how to code. And currently WordPress is a smorgasbord of both these user personas interacting with the same user experience layer. StoryPress has a very, very clear separation of concerns and that's how we address this problem. And on top of that, we also want to integrate with things like WordPress and you just use our UX as a great admin panel for people to write on StoryPress and forward content into WordPress. Now, I find myself, I suppose, selfishly thinking about, you know, my needs as a publisher on Substack at the moment, you know, which, which you know, which is, as we said, is is really the, the central component is email newsletters, although they can be read on the web as well. I, um... You know, I, 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 as a user, I suppose I find myself just sort of 
hoping that in time Substack will do two things. It will it will allow me to serve ads as a publisher <laughs> and um it will allow me to uh publish more more natively to the web. Um I I'm starting to accept that may not be their philosophy. Um it sounds like it might be a little bit more your philosophy though. Yes, a hundred percent. Um ads just simply are a far more efficient way of earning revenue for media companies. And and the answer why is purely it's very mathematical, right? On Substack, what's the average average unit price off a subscription? It's around six to seven dollars. And what's the average conversion rate? Five percent. So that's six to seven dollars is subsidizing ninety-five percent of all the users on Substack, meaning your average revenue per user is around, let's say, 30, 30 to 40 cents per user per month. Now the average revenue per user on Facebook is $65, $65. So let's say a publisher had half the earning potential of Facebook. You would be looking at a $30 average revenue per user versus a 50 cent average revenue per user. Of course, that would never happen. All our publishers have never heard of anyone having a $30 average revenue per user, but that is the potential that advertising can provide for a media company. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about the product. So you're still quite new. Um, your your kind of beta release was um, not quite a year, maybe eleven months ago. Version one point launched in May. Now, a publisher who is sort of thinking of coming across from somewhere else, they might be wondering: these guys are still quite young. The the product's not fully formed yet. Um, you know. Can we be sure these guys are even in it for the long haul? Um, are you? A hundred percent. A hundred percent, right? Um, I didn't spend two years of my life working on this to bring it from zero to one just to jump away from the last minute. And I think there's a more bigger ideological element to this as well. I think um, you know all about my student publication, Polity. Um, Polity was all about fixing the a lot of the fundamental structural flaws of the media, or what I thought were, were the fundamental structural flaws of the media, that being aggregator-induced polarisation. So it's not just a business mission in terms of earning money through StoryPress. It's also very much a social mission that I think StoryPress is a vital component of fixing our broader media ecosystem by essentially allowing brands and creators to build their own media companies by making content creation more efficient. So you um, you raised half a million dollars in seed funding, which was announced back in July. Um, how are you spending it? Yeah, <laughs> it's literally all on developers, right? All on developers. And then we hired one more um, one more growth guy, that being Jensen over in, the, in Canada. Um, so literally... We just want to get StoryPress to feature parity with a bunch of the big CMSs out there, provide a much better uh, integration and much more integrated experience for our users. And then we're focusing on growth. Now, um, Tim Duggan, uh, who was one of the co-founders of Junkie back in the day, still involved in the um, Digital Publishers Alliance. Um, he's an investor. Um, how has Tim helped so far? Tim has been of tremendous help. Like any time I have a maybe very basic question about the media, just because of my lack of experience in this field, my very early experience in this field, Tim's just one phone call away. And literally, I just ring him up, ask him anything, and he'll give me a really, really insightful response. You're um, also part of the Startmate Accelerator. 
Um, now, I don't really understand in that startup world what an accelerator does. So maybe you can tell me what you're getting out of Startmate. Yeah, so an accelerator basically, well, the clue's in the name, right? Uh, it accelerates your business. <laughs> um, it's basically a community college, a very, very intense community college where yourself and a bunch of the best startup founders across Australia and New Zealand come and do an intensive 10-week program where they get the best startup coaches to coach me into how to do, how to build the StoryPress business, how to design the StoryPress business. And they also give us a good chunk of change for a little portion of the business. And how is it going so far? What what do you think has changed you so far in how you go about business as part of that process? <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. I think Startmate has given me so much more product focus and really encouraged me to talk to so many publishers across Australia to really learn about their pain points. I think prior to Startmate, we had only been talked to a couple. I had a big theory about what um, the key pain points facing publishers were. Startmate really forced me to knuckle down and ask these publishers directly, get even more feedback, talk to these people every single day and really build a really compelling hypothesis on what pain points to solve in the media publishing space. And the second thing, so that's one big component. Let's say one big component is torn to customers. The second big component is around product strategy and the key metrics you have to look at in terms of building a SaaS product from scratch and uh, what metrics to track. Now, um, I suppose one of the things about any sort of SaaS software as a service product is that um, it, it feels quite easy is the wrong word it feels easier to attract investment because it's something which is potentially quite scalable which is maybe what gives investors their their money back um so you've just done seed funding so far um when will you need to do your next round of fundraising and what sort of scale do you think you'll be looking to do it at so we're actually weighing up whether to um, do another round of fundraising at Startmate Demo Day. And we're not sure about the quantum yet, but we have already, I think, had $400,000 worth of expressions of interest from a variety of uh, investors. And we haven't even opened the round yet. So we're still weighing up whether to open the round <laughs> um, uh, that time or next year. But um, I think everyone on my LinkedIn will know if we've opened up another round. <laughs> And something I'd, um, I'd I'd like to to go back that we, we we touched on earlier, which is just worth exploring your sort of philosophy a bit on, is you're thinking about. Yeah, obviously, we've talked about ad serving as one, um, you know, sort of traditional display advertising. I suppose. How do you see the future of digital advertising? Is is display advertising the answer? Do you think, or is there more to it? The answer is no, right? <laughs> I believe we had this conversation in the past. And um, me growing up in the 21st century, I was very, very lucky. Well, I guess not even 21st century. Like my formative ideas around advertising were formed back when I was around 2014, 2015. That was all the advertising I was exposed to. And because the great advertising from Meta, now like ex-Facebook, right? <laughs> and Google, like the advertising from these two tech giants was so great that you'll find that the current generation is very, really much trained to despise display advertising. And, and why is that? Why is that, right? It's because display advertising doesn't respect the user experience of the user. And this is what I call the three tridents of great advertorial. What's that, right? The three tridents. The first one 
is that the ad needs to be truly native. So you've got a bunch of native advertising providers like Taboo and Outbrand. To be honest, these two providers are just glorified banner ads, right? They're not really native. Real native is like Instagram stories. Where an ad piece for a piece of advertising looks exactly the same and interacts exactly the same as your friend's stories. So the first one, true native. Okay, and on, on that point, um, before we go on to number two, is your definition of what something that is true native that it can still be about the brand? Because of course there are some native purists who say that it, you know, the brand might be supporting it, but if it's coming from a publication. It might not even, or it probably shouldn't feature the brand itself. I don't know where you sit in that little philosophical debate. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think there is space to feature the brand itself as well. Like, for example, what we're doing is literally just looking at what Facebook and looking at what um, Google are doing. And Facebook and Google, they do feature the brand very, very prominently. So if that works for them, then I think that'll work for publishers as well. Okay, uh, Trident number two. Yeah, definitely. The Trident number two is that it needs to be skippable. Like there's a reason why YouTube has a skip button on its YouTube ads, right? First of all, it's that if the reader isn't engaged in the ad, that they don't resonate with the ad. You don't want to make the user experience negative by forcing them to watch through a piece of ad roll that they, have no, they, they don't care about. And the second thing is attribution, right? If you click on a skip button as an advertiser, I know, well, if you don't click on a skip button as an advertiser, I know that my message resonated with the user. So that is one unit of engagement that I can monetize. So there needs to be an option to skip. And currently that's impossible with banner ads. You can't skip banner ads. And the third thing is that the user interaction of the user Interacting with a piece of advertising to tell the advertiser that they're interested in the ad itself needs to be the same as the user interaction that tells the publisher that they're interested in the content. And what does that look like, right? If you're ever scrolling on Instagram stories, if you swipe up on your friend's stories, that swipe up is telling is so you can kind of um, respond to your friend's stories. And then you scroll over to another ad, you swipe up, that opens up the browser and into that piece of ad, ad into that into that advertiser's website so that fundamental motion of swiping up is the same across both content on instagram and the advertising on instagram and that experience needs to be brought into publications as well it, it might not be a swipe it might be a click what have you right but that user experience of that interaction needs to be the same and I suppose the question I have about that, particularly when we're sort of solving for publishers, is the scalability of native advertising, particularly when uh, you know brand, brands are trying to get out across you know multiple touch points. Is um there's 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 just far more involved in building a native ad. Yeah. So of course the scalability problem is a very very difficult one to solve. But again, this is both a supply and a demand issue, right? It's very Currently, it's very, very difficult for an advertiser to provide that demand because they're called out reaching every single publication with a custom press release or a custom, um, custom piece of work they want done. And the second one is a supply side issue where each piece of advertorial 
is a completely custom piece of advertorial by a publisher. And you see a lot of interesting players in this space solving for the demand side. For example, you have Chris Rossini's LinkVeed, which kind of automates that PR press release at scale and really automates, pro, uh, really turns attribution into a very programmatic model. And then you have other models, like, for example, there's a startup over in Canada which tries to turn uh, supply into a very programmatic nature as well. Now, with um, StoryPress, the ultimate challenge, I suppose, is every publisher wants something slightly different. I think we've already, you know, identified some of those different sort of product bits. Um, what's the ultimate vision? Where Where do you want to get to? What's, to use the jargon, what's your product roadmap? <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's a really interesting question, right? Every publisher indeed wants something different. Like, I don't know what you've been doing over in Mumbrella. What's the craziest feature that you ever uh, kind of published, you ever implemented at Mumbrella? Oh, gosh. Now, there's a question. Uh, God, wait, what, what did I really make my um, uh, uh, code people miserable about? It would <laughs> probably have been something really specific about either our jobs board or possibly you know hey look you know we 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 built our own awards entry engine for instance so lots of lots of quite specialist publisher things exactly exactly now your your vision at the moment is very much for publishers maybe kind of of that sort of traditional publishing world do you see the potential for this being a site which could be used by brands more widely yeah 100% 100% so one of the key things that i like to tell everyone who works with us and everyone who invests in us as well is that we think that in 2022 every company will need to become a media company some form of another and what does that look like well, in Australia, we have very, very high profile brands like Normal, part of the Eucalyptus brand, and other startups like Dovetail, which effectively are creating their own content platforms to educate those in the space about the problems that they're fixing. And they then monetize that media house via a SaaS subscription, or in Normal's case, sex toys, right? Now, this notion of monetizing brand and media through a physical good or even a SaaS good has been around since the 1960s. Red Bull was the first great proponent of this, right? It's just that at this moment in time, the scale of the internet and the ease of which doing this, the ease of which doing this now is, makes a lot more people in the space interested in creating their own media brands. So that's the first major tailwind that's supporting this. The second major tailwind is that advertising efficacy is decreasing significantly with more stringent privacy laws. And when advertising efficacy decreases, what else can these brands and companies do but to create their own media houses and really start getting customers through their own own media? <laughs> Well, Alex, in the space of a year, you've gone from beta to version one. If we come back in another year's time, where where will you be at? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we want to be um, signing a partnership with at least one large SME publisher. And we also want to have a bigger presence over in the US. So we already have a couple of publishers over in the US. It's just about expanding that presence and really, really hitting that US market hard. 
Well, Alex, very best of luck and thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Tim. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Unmakers from Unmade. If you're an unmaker, I'd love to talk to you. Email me, tim at unmade.media. Today's episode of The Unmakers was edited by Abe's Audio. I'm Tim Burrows. Before you remake it, you've got to unmake it. The Unmakers. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio. Global but proudly local, Paramount ANZ is taking brands into tomorrow. From a mountain of content to innovative advertising solutions, Paramount ANZ connects brands with future generations who are tomorrow's customers. See tomorrow.